Okay, let's give it a go. Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. All right, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears. Oh, here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to Feeling It. Each week on this show, we like to share what pieces of pop culture we're really feeling. Whatever show, movie, song, or tech we just can't get out of our heads. In addition to those picks, this week we'll be talking about the new BBC series, Killing Eve. But before we get started with all of that, let's introduce ourselves. And when we do, let's answer the question, who is your favorite fictional assassin? I'm Lucas Rogers, designer from Chicago. And my favorite fictional assassin has to be Darth Maul. Um, I think he was the first person who just like terrified me as a kid because he never talked. We didn't know what he he is like goals were. All we knew is that he was just out to kill people. You know, I've never seen that that specific Star Wars movie. It's the only Star Wars movie I haven't seen. Yeah. (laughs) It's terrible, but (laughs) yeah. So Darth Maul is a figure that that I've heard of, but never really witnessed. You should, if you're not planning on watching it, you should at least YouTube, like, the final fight of that movie. Right. Because it's it's one of the best things about Star Wars, I think. But that movie is just trash. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager from Nashville, Tennessee. And my favorite fictional assassin, so easy, is Jason Bourne. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a simple girl. Simple pleasures. It's it's hard to vote against Matt Damon. Yeah. Well, no. Well, sorry. Well. It's hard to vote against Jason Bourne. Yeah. Jason Bourne's pretty great. So, Lucas, what are you feeling this week? Yes. This week, I am feeling a stop-motion short film called Stems. Um, the reason this stood out to me is because instead of, like, a creative narrative that you'd normally get from a, a stop-motion film, this is about the animator actually building these stop-motion, uh, musician creatures, um, as he talks about, like, what they mean to him. This is, has a backdrop, or a backing track by, um, Poppy Aykroyd, who, when she was kind of building this music, she just sent over different instrument samples, or stems, as they're called, um, and we get to see how much work and feeling goes into, um, kind of the building of these uh, these stop-motion creatures. And as they're kind of, you know, putting together the music and the video kind of at the same time, um, and just how much is <laughs> work goes into a relatively small piece of art. This video is only like a two and a half minutes long. So I encourage everybody to check it out. It's called Stems. It's on Vimeo, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes. So... Is this a documentary short or an animated short? It's a docu- It's a documentary short with about a... with about the animations. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. I can't. Almost, it's almost not even a documentary. I would even call it just like a poem. It's just him. Like we never get to see him or anything. It's just stop motion of him building these stop motion creatures. <laughs> so it's yeah. very neat. I'm excited to check that out. I'm going to um, the Nashville Film Festival in a couple of weeks, mm. Lucas, and. Normally, I never make any time for shorts at these film mm-hmm. festivals because uh, you just never know what you're going to get. And I'd rather, right. like, take a risk on a full-length movie than just, like, a bunch of random shorts. Um, yeah. 
And this year, there is a selection of short films. You know, they, they categorize them by theme. And mm. this year, there's a theme called Love Bites. And it just seems so perfect for me. So I'm giving it a go this year. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That'll be fun. I'm yeah. excited to hear how they go. I'm excited, too. Um, well, this week, what I'm feeling is the new Amy Schumer rom-com, I Feel Pretty. Lucas, have you seen the trailer for this movie? I have seen the trailer for this movie. I'm assuming not... you you haven't seen the movie itself. <laughs> I have definitely not seen the movie. This was one that I was not interested in at all based on the trailer. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, so I like Amy Schumer. I like most of the stuff Amy Schumer has created. Um, I think she's kind of like, she can be an off-putting figure. And that's something that I really understand. Um what was her latest movie? Snatched is not a movie that I was particularly interested in. I didn't go see that one. Um, yeah. But I really liked Trainwreck, and I really liked Inside Amy Schumer, her television show. And when I saw the trailer for this, I was, like, really excited to see this movie. And there was all this controversy about the film from a bunch of, I think from mostly women, um, who were apprehensive of the message of this movie. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the trailer, the basic premise of the movie is that Amy Schumer is a woman in New York City who has a lot of body issues and is pretty insecure about her looks. Um, and then one day she hits her head really hard and when she um, comes to, she looks in the mirror and sees herself is as as beautiful as she's ever wanted to be. And then goes throughout her life thinking that she's now this beautiful, she's transformed into this beautiful person and it gives her all this confidence to, you know, try out for new jobs and date, date different people and um, it gives her just like this brand new confidence. And it's about what happens when you have all the confidence you of the body you ever wanted or the looks you ever wanted. Um, I love rom-coms. I love this, like, especially rom-coms with like sort of a like magical quality to them. There's actually no magic in this movie, but there's like the thought of magic, you know, um, the, the magic of thought, the, the main character <laughs> thinks that magic has happened. Um, when, when in actuality, none has, um, <laughs> But I'll take it still, you know. And uh, I thought that this movie was so delightful. Um, I watched it and was just utterly entertained. I think there are corny moments. Like, there are corny moments in a lot of these types of rom-coms. So if you're a person who, like, has zero appreciation for a fun, corny rom-com, I'm not going to suggest you go see this movie. But... If you typically like rom-coms, or you've typically enjoyed some of the work of Amy Schumer, then you absolutely should go see this movie. This movie has a lot of bad hype right now, um, and I think all of that, all of it is bullshit. I mean, obviously <laughs> we're all entitled to our own opinions, but I think that those are bad opinions. Um, okay, now my question is, are you a fan of this writing team's other movies because it's, it's abby cohen and mark silverstein who also did how to be single the vow he's just not that into you valentine's day yes okay so 
Uh, most of those movies I have seen, not all of them. Um, mm-hmm. Literally just this week, without realizing it, I wa- realizing the connection, I watched How to Be Single. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen How to Be Single twice now. The first time, I kind of rolled my eyes at it, but it was, you know, whatever. The second time I watched it, I enjoyed it so much more. Um, there's a lot... I would say... One of the things that all those movies have in common, especially like he's not he's not that into you, how to be single, is that um, there's a lot of charming stuff in those movies, and mm-hmm. then there's a lot of like jokes that don't really hit all the way or are really kind of lame. But overall, I think they're very charming, and I think a lot of them have trailers where you're like what is that movie what is the what is the message of that movie gonna be and then by the time you watch it the message is usually very sweet um and that's kind of the way i feel about i feel pretty okay so you would say if you enjoyed those movies you would also enjoy i feel pretty yeah i would say i feel pretty is better than those movies (laughs) though truly because those movies at least i'm thinking of like how to be single valentine's day is bad Valentine's Day is a bad movie, but yes. How to Be Single and um, uh, he's not that into you. But and Valentine's Day, they're all like seven storylines in one movie. It feels like like there's mm-hmm. like sprawling characters and romances and um, that's true. Yeah. And this is just one main character. You know, like she she definitely has different things going on in her life, her career, her friends, her love life. But it is we're focusing on one person's journey and um. I think that makes a big difference. <laughs> is Michelle Williams in this movie a lot or a little? Um, I would say a decent amount. <laughs> and she is probably the funniest part of the whole movie. She, Michelle Williams is like, I've never seen her do this before. And it is amazing. Um, she's <laughs> my favorite part of the movie. I couldn't nice. stop laughing every time she was on screen. Um, Amy Schumer's work, and I know that she didn't write this movie, but a lot of Amy Schumer's work is really good at, I think, some level, lovingly mocking, um, like, the ultra-feminine performance. And mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer, or excuse, not Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Williams' character um, runs a, a high-end makeup line. And... The design of the offices and the characters that work there, I got a great laugh out of. Um, as someone who enjoys makeup and poking fun at that industry, <laughs> um, I I think that this movie is really great. I think it's I think the way it works itself in and out of the premise is really like smart, and the message at the end made me really smile. Um, I just, I really, really loved it. So I would say don't trust the hype on this one and go see this movie. There you go. All right. I feel pretty out in theaters near you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Lucas. Yes. We have been watching this new BBC series called Killing Eve. Yes. Do you, Lucas, I know that you're a fan of the Brits. Do you watch most BBC series or only every once in a while if something really stands out? I would say I watch the good stuff. Um, what is some of the <laughs> stuff you watch? I 
I scroll through BBC America quite often. Um, and so shows that I think there have been a lot of shows that catch my eye and that I've watched like the first couple episodes of or something like that. There's a lot of dry stuff, um, especially once you get into like crime shows and stuff like that. Cause a lot of, um, what the BBC puts out is a lot of crime dramas. I mean, that, that's what America puts out too. It's just in general, that's what a lot of people like to see. Um, and it's, it's just drier. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's, for me, I think it's harder to find like really good things. Um, but overall, I think I like, um, I like what the BBC puts out more than what nor you know normal prestige crime shows would be in America. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, Killing Eve, for anyone who's not familiar with it, is a new show from Phoebe Waller Bridge. She's the creator of Fleabag and the British version of Crashing, and um, and this is her. She's gonna be in Solo. She's gonna be in Solo. <laughs> I'm actually really excited for her turn in Solo. Um, yeah, but so this is her new series, and so I know I was really excited about that, mostly because I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, and while Crashing and Fleabag are comedies, Fleabag being kind of a dark comedy, um, the fact that yeah, when I heard that she was going to be doing sort of a, a crime uh, detective cat and mouse show, I was really intrigued. Lucas, mm-hmm. was this a show you were planning on watching? Yes. 100%. Okay, gotcha. Um, I didn't know when I would be watching it because um, I was really kind of curious about like the, the first trailer um, and kind of what that would look like. I, I was like, is this going to be something that like I can watch with my wife because she does not like crime shows really at all, <laughs> especially about like murder and stuff like that. And so I was like, is this going to be something that we can watch together? Is this going to be something I have to watch by myself? Is this something I want to wait until the whole season is out and see what people think about it and then jump into it? But I was definitely planning on watching it. Sure. Okay. So Lucas, um, you know, you say you watch, you usually try to watch only the good BBC shows. Yes. How do you feel about Killing Eve? Is it going to fall into that category? I think this is one of the best BBC shows that is on right now. Great. I am so, so enthralled with just the characters of this. Um, you've got, I mean, you've got Sandra Oh as Eve, the protagonist, and then Jodie Comer? Jody, yeah, I think Comer, Comer, yeah. Yeah, um, as Villanelle. Villanelle? Villanelle? Yep. Villanelle? Yeah. As Villanelle, the um, uh, I, murderous assassin in this thing. Yeah, you know, um, that's an interesting point, is that when... Before I watched the show, I thought it was going to be about a serial killer. And right. then in the first episode, you kind of realize that she's an assassin and not a serial killer. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say the way she goes about her life is that a, it feels more like a serial killer than it does an assassin. I think she has the personality of a serial killer. Um, but the job description of an assassin. Right, exactly. Like, it, it, she's somebody that you definitely think, like, oh, if you weren't being paid to do this, you'd probably still do this Right. your own time. Right, <laughs> Yeah, um, which I think is very interesting, because that's not something that you see in, you know, other shows about serial killers or assassins, is the mindset that you have to have to be in that kind of business. Yeah. Um, really overlaps a lot, probably. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that's... Part of what makes this show so fascinating, and uh, I have a quick question, Lucas. Did you watch Grey's Anatomy at all? Or are you a fa- Sandra O oh fan? I am a fan of Sandra O. Oh. I think I watched the first season of Grey's Anatomy back okay. in the day, but I, yeah, I would not call myself a fan. <laughs> I'm so excited to see her working again. Um, I think this is such an amazing role for her because she has such a 
an amazing talent at blending this need for drama and comedy that this mm-hmm. show has. And I want to, and I bring that up because when I watched this first, the first episode of this show, and we should say that there's been three episodes out. We're kind of talking about um, our first impressions before the series ends. Um, when I've watched the very first episode of this show, I was amazed at how funny it was. Mm-hmm. I, I knew Phoebe Waller-Bridge was funny, but I still didn't expect a show about a detective and a serial killer slash, slash assassin to be as comical as this one is. Right. And a lot of that comedy isn't brought out in the trailers at all. Right. Like, this is, it's very much marketed as a traditional, <laughs> you know, cop, cop and bad guy cop cat and mouse game right um and it is funny it's very funny oh so funny in a in a very like realistic way it's not like there are jokes there are funny moments funny set pieces that kind of stuff um which i think plays really really well and it doesn't you never feel like you're shifting tone a lot in this um it all feels like it's very fluid right um a lot of the humor comes from not so much jokes as it does just like strange moments or lines of dialogue that people just aren't supposed to say. And that's like Phoebe Waller-Bridge's, like, you know, really her cup of tea, is (laughs) what are especially women not supposed to do or say, and how great is it, and how funny is it if I just make my characters do that anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that I find that sense of humor to be really fun. Um, You know, Lucas, I didn't... I'm not a big watcher of these kind of crime shows. I think you watch a lot, several of them. Um, but these shows about a murderer or these shows mm-hmm. about, you know, a, a, a cop or a detective, you know, trying to solve the case, they're usually not my cup of tea. And um, this show has me so grabbed. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I don't think it's a, like a, it's a unique premise like that. Like, what we talked about like you've seen this kind of thing before a cop and a criminal you know have this connection and they have this game of them you know their lives are intertwined and they're trying to find each other and all of this stuff um but i think what makes makes this so actually this show actually like a lot of fun and very unique is that the actual like, the depth of the characters in here <laughs> and the the writing and not only just getting to see them as women um but getting to see kind of their personalities play out um in a way that isn't so I don't know, aggressive. Like this doesn't feel um, like an aggressive, like they're, you know, out to get each other. It's more just their fascination and the, just the kind of the, the, the feminine nature of their kind of curiosity and wanting to know more about each other, that kind of thing, as opposed to a, you know, I want to catch you and, you know, put you away or kill you and this kind of thing. It's, it's less aggressive and more just so much curiosity is involved in this um, that I think really, really, really makes this way more interesting than anything else that's out there. Yeah. I also really appreciate the look of the show compared to, like, I think a traditional mm. show about a killer and a detective. Um, most of those shows seem so dark and grim. Everyone wears, like, ugly suits and they Mm -hmm. you know like search for each other's in forests and subways and it's it's (laughs) just like it's also grimy and this show has a lot of style the our main character villanelle the assassin um has a wardrobe i would 
I would kill for. I would become an assassin to get all of the yeah. clothes that she has. Um, this show, so I watched this show on the BBC America app on my Apple TV, mm-hmm. and I found that it does this weird thing where for commercial breaks, it shows me commercials for this show. Um, Same. Yeah. Uh, yep, that happened to me too. <laughs> yeah. I don't really appreciate that feature, um, no. <laughs> but what? One of the commercials for the show that I was watching while I was watching the show was very specifically about a dress that one of the mm-hmm. characters wears. Like, the commercial was, like, had quotes from reviews that just was like, that dress! And yep. it's so interesting for the marketing for the show to specifically call out, like, we have clothes that you're going to want to see. But it's so true. I do these clothes every new episode. I die over a new thing that the character is wearing. Yeah. And it's not just they're using these as, you know, like, you know, visual pieces and stuff like that. They are actually, like, really, really informing of these characters. Um, Absolutely. In, in in one episode, a character goes through someone else's suitcase and just looking at kind of the clothes that are there and stuff like that. And so, like, getting to see kind of how these characters dress and how they present themselves, not only with clothes, but with makeup and perfume um, and their hair, like, all of that, just how you put yourself together and how you present yourself is a really big part of this show um, that's... Again, you're not going to see in other <laughs> serial killer cop shows. Sure. And you get to see someone like our main character, our detective, who is very feminine and yet doesn't have the same sense of flair and style that, you know, our our assassin does. And that is a type of femininity that I like seeing represented. That mm-hmm. just because she doesn't have this, like, grand sense of style doesn't mean that she, like, will wear a like buttoned up black suit every single day because she's a smart detective. Like she still has a feminine persona. Um, and I like seeing, I like seeing that nuance represented. Um, I, I'm so excited about this show. I'm watching it with my friend Lizzie and at the end of every episode, she's just like, Oh, I can't believe we have to wait a whole other week because we're so hooked on binging now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this, I think, would have been amazing to see come out all at once. <laughs> Mainly just selfishly, just because I want I want it all now. Sure. Um, but you also, I guess, I, you also don't get that time to, like, stew over it um, if you follow the binging method. But, right, ugh. right. I also had to remind her that because this is a British show, there's probably only going to be about, like, eight episodes or so. To which she was like, oh, they're so lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, this is based on a book series. Okay. Um, so this could end up being, you know, multiple series that... Well, we know we that... this sh- be amazing. We already know that this show has been picked up for a season two. Yes, yes. Which I'm very excited about. Definitely, definitely. Um, and But I, I, I think for me, like, finding out that it is based off books... Um, makes me happy because there's just so much story you can tell with that. Right. Um, and it doesn't, it makes me, cause I, there, I feel like there's so many shows that have a great idea for a first season and they execute it well. And then season two rolls around and it's like, well, I guess we have to keep going. Um, whereas this, I definitely feel like they could play this out for a very, very long time. And I always enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so Lucas, before we talk about spoilers, cause I do want to mm-hmm. talk about some specific details of the first three episodes we've seen. Um, yeah. I want us to discuss 
how graphic this show is for anyone who's thinking about watching it, but it's like, oh, you know, they, they're nervous about if they can handle a show about a killer like this, because that is often a concern for me. You know, I yeah. don't like to watch things, especially TV shows that get too graphic because often I'm watching these shows at night and often then I dream about whatever I watch yeah, or yeah. especially with a TV show, you, if you're committing yourself to experiencing <laughs> this horror week after week, you know, you should know whether you can, if it's something that you want to put into your life or not. So yeah. I wanted to discuss that. Yeah. As far as, you know, like blood and guts and that kind of stuff, I, there's, there, there's not a lot. Um, I think this third episode was the first time that we saw any blood in this show possibly yeah i think um, so and it's, and it's very very little it's not um i don't think minimal it's yeah yeah I, I i think i think more so the the things that i would call mature content are just the themes so i mean being in this person's mind who <laughs> who is you know um a sociopath and just kind of dealing with the way that she handles um herself around people that you know she has to kill and dead people and that kind of a thing i think those are kind of the things that stick with me the most as the most mature content <laughs> um as opposed to actual you know bloody violence right yeah this definitely isn't game of thrones as far no. as what you're gonna see on the screen um mm -hmm. i would say there's about like one or two short scenes every episode where there is like a disturbing death um, and, and I do think that they are disturbing, um, but I am able to handle it and mm -hmm. it doesn't feel the same to me as I never really watched all of like Dexter, but mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's on that level quite. No, it's def definitely not. And, um, and it's definitely not on like a Game of Thrones level of no. violence and gore. So, no. um... So that helps. One thing that does help this is that the premise is that, you know, she's an assassin who doesn't want to get caught. So all of her deaths have to, um, you know, she can't leave too much of a trace. So oftentimes she's trying to make them look like accidents or, you know, mm -hmm. and that really helps, like, keep down the level of, you know, violence that we see. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, there are scenes where I've had to look away because it can get... because. Because the tension can get to that moment, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's something that I think a lot of people <laughs> um, will will have to deal with. Is that, yes, this show is funny, but it's also dark in a way that like you do kind of have to sit with that and deal <laughs> and deal with. Right, that a I think bit. you forget how dark it can be because of how mm -hmm. much fun you're having with a comedy. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, but I really appreciate that about it, and I'm having a lot of fun with this show. Yeah, the fact that it can balance that, I think, is amazing. Yeah. Okay, are you wanna, do you wanna talk some spoilers? Let's do it. Okay. Before we get started, does anyone wanna get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's gonna happen. No, crack and gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. All right, so we just ended episode three. Um, well, I saw it coming, but I was heartbroken, Lucas, at the end of this most recent episode. Bill's death. Yeah. Um, yeah. Literally. As soon as he started like chasing her, yeah, I like after, as, when he left the the platform, right. the station. I was like, "This is a terrible idea. You're dead. Yeah, You're definitely dead. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I was like, I was just like Phil, 
She's a trained assassin. She's leading you into a trap. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it was so funny because earlier in the episode when he was hanging out on the bed and they were mm-hmm. just like chatting and getting to know each other. I turned to Lizzie and I said, oh, he is so delightful. And then as soon as he, you know, started chasing her, yeah. I was like, those bastards, they yep. purposely <laughs> made me like him more this episode because they were going to kill him. Like, yep. it's so purposeful and yet effective. Um, yeah. yeah, I was really heartbroken about that because I did really fall in love with his character and that actor's performance in this episode. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that that was probably the most chilling of all the deaths that I've oh, seen definitely. so far. Definitely. Um, yeah, like the, the when she turns and just smiles at him. Yeah. Um, in the nightclub and then turn and then starts coming back after him like that is just yeah terrifying. And like you, you, you see it coming. You know that oh, it's going to happen. And, and his but, realization that he can't get away fast enough because... Yeah she has led him into this situation and his like struggle is, it was very animalistic and yeah. really, really scary. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I think in general, like watching her, watching her enjoy this part of her life um, in each episode as she kills someone um, watching just how much fun she has with it. Yeah. Um, I think is, is scary, but also then, then you get these scenes with her and her handler or whatever. Um, or her and people that she meet where she feels so real and childlike. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that I think the just, just a position is just terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I was really amused by the fact that she has a therapist who, whatever organization yeah. she works for, yeah. <laughs> um, seems to have like a therapist on call that like mm-hmm. provides, <laughs> like that knows what's going on. Um, yeah. I think that, I don't know, that detail is so funny to me that someone mm-hmm. like is concerned about the mental health of their assassins, you know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think, I think it's also just so smart. Cause we like, we, the only connection to, um, kind of her, that whatever organization it is that's hiring her out or whatever is her handler. Um, and to be brought into someone else helps to kind of build that word world out a little bit more. Right. Um, without having to actually commit to, you know, us learning more about them. Right. Just having a therapist there, I think is, you're right. It's hilarious. Um, and yet it gives us so much more kind of insight into how this whole world works for them. Right. That is, there's so much we don't know yet. Um, mm-hmm. you know, right now we're so focused on, um, Eve and Villanelle's characters and, you know, and them finding each other that we haven't even had time to think about, to really consider, like, who is hiring her? What organization is this? You know, what, what are their goals? Um, and I'm wondering, is, is that a big mystery of season two? Is that, is that something we find out more before this season ends? Um, I'm very curious about, yeah, at what rate does some of this info get handed to us? Right. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of, so we talked about the clothes earlier and, you know, the ads for this show are calling out that pink dress very specifically. <laughs> and yeah. it is a marvel. It is. I thought um, it was like, I was so curious about the when it first pops up in the show. I thought it was a joke almost. I mean, it um, is a joke. It, it. I mean, it is. But the fact that like she's wearing it in all seriousness. Um, and I think she's wearing it to 
throw the, those men that she's talking to just off guard. Yeah. Um, which I think is just amazing. But I, I like when I saw that ad for the first time, I was like, oh, she's wearing that. Is, is that a disguise? Is that like, what is that? But it's like, no, she's she's choosing to wear that. Right. That I love um, to have this assassin that like in her free time loves just clothes yeah, and style. Yeah. Um, and also if bring it back to that scarf um, that she finds. Yes. In, in Eve's suitcase. Um, just th- as she's going through that suitcase, she's you can watch her just losing interest in Eve completely. Just as she's look, looking through her clothes, just realizing like um, she <laughs> how uninteresting this woman is. Yeah. Um, until she finds that scarf and realizes, you know, okay, there's there's more to this than I thought. I then and just she wears that the rest of the the yeah the, the episode um and just like yeah how much these clothes are have meaning to her mm-hmm. and and what um well kind of she puts on the other people with them and that she picks out the one piece of clothing that eve cared about that she you yeah. know that she can recognize yeah. that yeah yeah um and i love what i love about her sense of style and her fascination with clothes is that throughout the episode throughout the scenes where it's just villanelle like going about going throughout the world, we Mm -hmm. see her very specifically, like, trying to study what it is to be a normal person. Um, Trying to mimic people, trying to, like, learn their, the way they speak and the way they go throughout their lives. And so, part of, like, her obsession with fashion, to me, is very, very tied to that need to, like, study people. And Mm -hmm. I have this whole backstory in my head of how how long she poured over fashion magazines and, and realized, like, this is something that I can mimic. You know, like, mm-hmm. as, of all the things of what it is to be normal, this is the easiest for me to grasp. And so her grasp on fashion is so strong because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm as fascinated with her as Eve is. Um, yeah. yeah, I was not surprised, but very... <laughs> charmed maybe by uh the fact that the boy she started to date um just died yeah. so suddenly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah accidentally and subtly right what was so interesting to me about that is that she obviously didn't care but it was an accident and we haven't we've only seen her kill people in relation to her work you know yeah yeah in fact with the death of phil i think that was the first time we saw her kill someone who wasn't specifically a target right yeah um and that is interesting to me because again she does feel like a serial killer and not like an assassin i think when i think of a fictional assassins i think of someone who is a sociopath and then that in that they're cold um but more that it's just like just a job that needs to be done, um, right? Uh, or someone who you know, like again, they're, they're more um, cold isn't the right word, but more uh, efficient. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's often like a lot of guns are used, and it's just about right. getting in, getting out, getting it done. You know, there doesn't yeah. there doesn't seem to be the pleasure that yeah. Villanelle takes. Um, Which is crazy because if you th- actually think about it, if you are if you enjoy your work, you're going to do it the best you can, but you're also going to have a lot of fun with it. And why would assassins not <laughs> yeah. do their work? Right. So why would they be in that line of work if it is just this is a job and I have to do it and just get in, get out, get it over with? So this makes the most sense. It's just not something I've ever had to think about before. Sure. Which is awesome. Sure. Um, yeah, and so it's it's 
I wonder if the show will get to a place where her character loses some of that. I mean, we're already seeing her character. It seems to be losing some of the control she was showing in her previous kills, I think is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if we'll see more of that control lost as she begins to kill people that aren't targets. Um, and so that's something I'm really interested to see where this goes. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. This is really, really, I think one of the most interesting shows on TV right now. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm really glad it's already been renewed for season two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. Oh, before we head out, the one other thing I wanted to bring up is how much I'm enjoying the depiction of the relationship between Eve and her husband. Mm-hmm. I think in a different show, you could be very heavy handed with like her husband has problems with her job and their marriage is in a bad place and they could do all these like very heavy handed things. Um, and this show is so much more realistic in that like, they obviously are very into each other. They obviously care about each other a lot, but there's also obviously some sort of strange communication mishap that's happening, that's happening in their relationship. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going through a strange moment and I love the subtle ways that that's depicted in their scenes together. Um, the way they, like, smile when they talk to each other, but they're obviously holding back from saying something. The way that both of them are obviously thinking about things that they're not saying. Um, I, I'm having a lot of fun with that aspect as well. And often in shows similar to this, I think when you have, like, the husband-wife scenes... Um, mm-hmm. I'm always like, move on. I'm not, this is not what I'm here for, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm really having fun with those scenes in addition to all of the, the murdery stuff. Yeah, it's true. Well, we've watched three episodes so far. There are eight in total. Um, so I think once the season is over, we might do a quick check back in on how we feel about the season's end. And just see where we're at. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys for listening. I hope that you'll check out Killing Eve if you haven't already. Um, If you have any Killing Eve opinions that we didn't get to, um, you can find us online. All of my social media handles are at Sandra Omstutz. My last name is spelled with an A. (laughs) Whoa, mixing it up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And you can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. I say my last name is spelled with an A at Doctor's offices which is why i said that because i've been recently to the doctor so i'm in that new new mood where it's like i'm set spelled with an a because everyone thinks it's spelled with an o that's my life story Uh, yeah yeah and you can find all of our uh podcast social media accounts at feeling it pod we're on twitter go follow us there and then you'll always know when we have new episodes out thanks for listening everybody bye 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 Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. <laughs>